0: Welcome back to another uh, episode, uh, season three. Here we are um, over here on the East Coast. We're still kind of in the midst of the winter drudgery but we have somebody out from the Pacific that's going to bring a little warmth and uh, make our days a little bit brighter here today. Um, today <laughs> I have Mary Lattimore, a harpist extraordinaire um, and we're going to kind of have a little chat about uh, her beginnings and where she's going. So thanks Mary for joining us today.
1: Thank you for having me. Fun.
0: I heard that your mom was also a harpist. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine that that must have influenced those beginning um years or influenced those beginning years. What was it like when you when you were taking courses to to learn how to play this monster instrument? What were those beginning times like when you started to learn how to play the harp and how did you kind of feel about it?
1: I would say I mean you know when I was a tiny child my mom would always say you know Mary play the harp and kind of bang around on it but when I became older, like I was 11 years old when I first started taking lessons from a friend of my mom's, um, she, my mom was like, you know, she thought we would fight too much if she taught me. So, this is a way to keep it um, a little separate. Um, mm-hmm. So, I started taking from a friend of hers and then then kind of as I got better, I started taking lessons from another Friend who was in an orchestra in the big city in the big city that was near us, the bigger city right. that was near our, our family, and um yeah. and so I mean I guess like in the beginning I, when I was eleven I you know was just learning like one finger at a time and it takes a really long time to get your um to get your hand position established and all the technical stuff and right. so I would say that wasn't the most fun. <laughs> Part of my harp life was like, you know, putting an eraser, balancing an eraser on your wrist to make sure that it wasn't moving as you were playing up oh, wow. the strings and stuff. You know, a lot of technical work. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't say I was the greatest at practicing, especially as a teenager. But I right. eventually I did get pretty good at practicing, and I went to music conservatory for university. But um, yeah. in the beginning, you know, it was like a lot of tedious playing and then my mom yelling wrong note from the kitchen um so it wasn't that fun when I first started out but then you know
0: it took yeah, me somewhere yeah. else and and I took through it high school like what what's what what are your friends or your peers reaction when you tell you know tell, we're telling them you, you play harp and like what's what's that reaction like through teenagehood mm-hmm. um of your choice in musical instrument
1: i mean i guess people kind of expected it because my mom you know it's my mom was like the harpist in our town like a small town in north carolina and so Mm -hmm. that was kind of like what her um you know kind of uh, what she was known for around our town and so it was kind of obvious or kind of expected that i would also play Mm -hmm. harp um and so my friends kind of expected it i would we had a little high school orchestra and I played like solos with the orchestra and stuff. And that was, nice. that was cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was just part of our identity of our family a little bit.
0: You right. Know. Right. And what did your mom do? Like she was the harpist within a symphony from mm-hmm. your local town. Like that's where she performed mostly.
1: Yeah. She also, she still does. Um She okay. played uh, with the Asheville symphony in North Carolina for, Thirty years or more oh. um, and she also has a lot of students and a, mm-hmm. she d- conducts a harp ensemble the Blue Ridge Harp Ensemble which is a group oh. of uh, ladies that um, and one man one time was in it um, <laughs> they uh, they play around North Carolina and South Carolina um, and what else she plays for weddings you know she's just okay. like a she travels around our state you know just playing right. the harp
0: amazing yeah. amazing now for a lay person and such as myself could you explain the harp a bit like like how do you describe it if you had to explain to somebody what you play, and it's not there in front of them um mm. i'd love to know how how that descriptor happens or how you express that
1: i mean if it's technically it's uh you know the inside of a piano flipped up that's how i think about it you know with the um the high strings or the small the, the the higher sounds are this coming from the small strings and um the lower sounds from the big chunky strings at the bottom and um my my harp is a 47 um string pedal harp and it's the biggest one it's the concert grand and okay. it has pedals that change the sharps and flats and so you're right. doing the chromatic or you're doing the accidentals on the with the pedals right and it's so it's kind feet of laid are in out motion
0: as well right like yeah. feet and hands are going together
1: yeah exactly awesome. and so yeah it's it's fun it's a little adventure yeah. for sure <laughs> are they all the
0: same size the strings like um gauge wise or do are do they differ as well yeah
1: they differ. Yeah. Um, the chunkier ones are at the bottom, you know, the low notes and the strings are wire at the bottom, they're wire. And then as it goes up, it gets into gut strings in the middle and then nylon at the top.
0: Yeah. Okay. And hand wise, like I watched a couple of your videos of you playing, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so beautiful. But Thank you. I kind of noticed that the hot, your right hand has more of the higher notes, whereas your left hand has the lower notes. Is that yeah how the schema works?
1: Yeah, but it's kind of like the piano in that way too.
0: Right, know. right. And
1: the music, That's if a you if you have yeah, if you have sheet music and you're playing the harp, it's the same as the piano. You know, treble clef, bass clef,
0: that kind right. of things. Right. So I I also read when I was getting ready for this that you kind of have a country home and a city home where you you can shift from country to city. You have a um, family kind of country-wise and then you have city mm-hmm. living as well. Is that accurate?
1: I mean, I, would, I am a city person. Like I, I have all, I've lived in cities my whole life after I left my family, you know, my childhood home. So my parents live on a farm right now. Um, they inherited my great grandfather's birthplace and my grandfather's yeah. farm. And so they live on a farm, but I have always lived in cities and apartments. You know, I I um so like my parents live on a farm, but I have always yeah. like I lived in Philadelphia and Los Angeles and which is where I am now, and um I lived in Vienna, Austria for a couple years and Um, Hmm. Rochester, New York is where I went to college. So I, I gravitate more towards like the cultural, like city life, but, but my, it is nice to go home and visit my family.
0: Yeah. I was just, I was asking that, um, because I do have a feeling that your music does have that kind of, um, it's so vast and, Mm -hmm. and open. It kind of, I, I have a house out in the country and I overlook this huge lake. And just the space and the vastness wow. of it and the 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 quietness mm-hmm. um it really connects me when I listen to your music. I feel like it was built it was created for this environment um yeah, when you write songs um do you notice a difference like have you written songs both city wise and country wise and do you know do you feel there's a difference when you're approaching your songwriting process, where your mm-hmm. location is, where you're situated?
1: I definitely feel that way um I don't know if I've written so many songs in the city. I guess a couple, but mm-hmm. a lot of my songs I've written at like artist residencies or uh, you know isolated artist residencies that are very specific for creating um, you know art with other mm-hmm. with other artists and writers and musicians. You know, kind of um, aw- set away from everything. Um, or like, you know, traveling through the Southwest looking at the stars, you know, kind of, uh, I write a lot of songs based on nature and like how nature Mm -hmm. makes me feel like the vastness of the ocean or space or, Mm. uh, you know, things like that. But, um, yeah, I, I have never really lived in a very isolated place. I just, I guess the, the, um, the juxtaposition of like where I live and then the escape to the country or the mm-hmm. escape to nature is kind of what inspires me, you know.
0: Amazing, amazing. And yeah. how do you go about your writing process? Like, how does a song become one that you are going to see through? Because I've mm. seen you play live. I've I've I notice you always have um your box, your um <laughs> electronic box that allows you to layer on different pieces. Yeah. How, do, how does that process go on for you? Like, is that really how it starts? You'll have one little line and then you just kind of start building and building on it?
1: Yeah, that's how it starts. I mean, I, I would say, too, that it's it's very organic and very, um, like, spontaneous kind of. I, I think of it as sort of an exorcism where I'm just getting out these feelings <laughs> or getting out these kind of images from my brain, and like, put, trying to. Immortalize them a little bit, um, and get them down. But it, I would say, a lot of these songs that I write are just they come to me um, through the looping, you know, or or through just like a simple melody, but adding layer upon layer, pretty much one take. Um, But then you know, doing some overdubs after that, after that kind of inspired initial take. Um, I, I hope that things keep flowing as they have, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I feel pretty lucky to, um, have that kind of, you know, go to rely on my feelings to make these songs.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, your catalog is massive. Um, you've written mm -hmm. and then all the collaborations, um, you seem to be very sought after to join, in adding pieces to other people's songs
1: yeah it's it's really fun um uh yeah it's i really like to collaborate with people and i think i'm um i it's like a conversation to me you know like yeah getting to know people through making music is like one of the the delights of of playing music you know
0: and what was that first th- occasion and, and who was it that you had your first kind of well-known collaboration with? Do you do you remember that, I mean, that time?
1: I I definitely um ha- you know, living in Philadelphia, there was such a big music scene there, especially when I was there in the early two thousands. Um when I got there, there was like Esper's, you know, folk folk yep. stuff that was happening and big big communal hangs and um and I would say that one of the first people that I played with was Kurt byle He mm. we became friends and he knew I played harp and he's like, Would you want to p- play some harp on my record? And that was that was, I think, the first time I ever went into the studio was with Kurt. Um mm. I also played music with the um Tara Burke. Uh, she goes by the name by the name Versaxa. As her musical mm-hmm. project, and she and Helena mm-hmm. as well. Um, they, uh, you know, we we kind of collaborated together on Tara's record and played live, and that was also really inspiring. You know, they both had this green box that you see me play the Line Six DL4. They both had that, so a lot of looping, mm-hmm. um, and it was cello and vocal loops, and and then me, and that was really um, formative. But also, you know, just being in a music scene like that, where there were, you know, everybody was going to each other's shows and it was very supportive. Um, may- maybe not as lucrative, but like, or as like career focused or whatever. But that was, you know, at that time, like Philadelphia was very affordable. And I think that mm-hmm. um, that's, that's a cool thing about living in a city that where everything isn't so expensive is like pe- artists can actually afford to live there and, and feel real, real creative growth and, and right. a community and i think that that, that makes so much it, um makes the city so much more beautiful you
0: know for sure i've heard similar stories from artists from from philly as well that say the community there is very supportive and everyone yeah. attends each other's shows and there's like this camaraderie around the musicians which makes yeah it's
1: wonderful it
0: great mm-hmm. i read in pitchfork and it's kind of all get into the brass tacks of being a harpist it said Tran- the transportation of your harp is like you have a life companion with you. Because um, mm-hmm. you are kind of transporting another a structure that's pretty um, large in scale. How, how, what is that process like? Like you say, mm-hmm. yeah, we just go and we jam and I'll bring my harp around. <laughs> like I imagine it yeah. must be a lot of preparation, planning. How am I going to get it there? Who's going to, you know, mm-hmm. like all of that infrastructure? Yeah.
1: I guess i'm i'm just so used to it now you know i i have bought a car i have a minivan that i take her around in i <laughs> have a like a mattress in the back of my car that makes her comfortable in the back you know it is like a sister to me or something right. like that i've had the same harp since i was a kid and um and you know it's a thing like oh, i can never live on on a non-ground floor apartment unless there's an elevator. I always have to think right. about stairs. Um, and then the temperature, like the car staying, or the harp staying in the car, you know, think thinking about the temperature in the car, whether it's too hot or too cold, or, you know, playing a show and then thinking uh, like, oh, I can't leave the harp in the van. I have to bring it into the hotel at 2 a.m. Are there stairs to the hotel? Is it gonna be icy? you know thinking about all that stuff so it is an extra layer of worry about about it mm-hmm. but also at this point i'm uh you know as long as there's somebody to help me i can get it up the stairs or like you know it's not insurmountable it's not like taking a grand piano around or something like that it feels like more like oh yeah just throw it, th- we'll throw it in the car and then we'll figure <laughs> yeah. it out
0: yeah. Amazing. Amazing. So you had a record that came out last year in 2023, Goodbye Hotel Arcada. Is that mm-hmm. correct? Yeah.
1: Arcada, yeah. Um, mm-hmm.
0: I've listened to it many times and it's I actually put it on as I was going to sleep yesterday and mm-hmm. it's just so gorgeous. Um Thank how you. did how did that record come to be?
1: That record, um I did it a little differently than I usually do, um, in that I, it's songs that were kind of made at different times. Um, But, but uh, putting it together was, uh, putting it together happened in a chunk. But some of the songs I had made a couple years before, you know, some in the pandemic, some before the pandemic. And I feel like the cohesion comes from when I was actually thinking of it as a complete record. I, um, the, The editing uh, happened with this friend of mine, producer Rob Schnapp, who's here in L.A., and I brought these songs to him. Some of them were really sprawling and just ideas, you know. Some of them were recorded pretty badly, like, you know, just me recording and then then kind of losing the file and having to find another file, you know, and Rob really helped help pull it to pull the songs together and like kind of polish them up um and then we added some overdubs and and uh i don't know i i feel very proud of this record i feel like it has a lot of light and dark in it and Mm -hmm. um and Mm -hmm. i this was the first time i really incorporated a lot of guests on the record you know so i had some of my very favorite people sending in parts or, you know, in, in a few cases, I was there with them as we recorded the parts. And, you know, a lot of heroes, a lot of people that I have admired for so long and now consider to be friends. Um, and it was just like, I I don't know, I I feel really lucky that I got these very cool people whose sounds I love so much um yeah
0: yeah I know you got some great guests that that joined you and and on this too you you were the writer recorder producer like you you tend to do all of that yourself right like you take care of your your music pretty much you're the chief
1: yeah I am the chief except for the last the one the record that I made before this um, silver ladders. I went mm-hmm. to Cornwall and recorded with Neil from Slow Dive, and right. I really enjoyed that. And it was really healthy to give up the control, you know. Right. Um, I, right. I, that's. Um, it was really. It felt really like, oh man, you know, I trust this person so much. I trust his instincts and his aesthetic, and and mm-hmm. that came out to be really cool in my opinion too um and so i think it's all there's always going to be a combination of me like holding on tightly to this stuff that i make like very because it's a pure expression of myself and then also um me like giving up the control and trusting the you know and other people i think that i'm going
0: to probably go back and forth
1: not have a little bit of of both forever you
0: know (laughs) yeah for sure yeah because it must be tricky to I mean you're getting into the mindset of your musician mindset or your musician hat on and but you're also having to think about the production side of things and Mm -hmm. I mean I guess you're doing that anyway live right because you are kind of controlling when the loop starts how it's going to sound you can manipulate it a little bit so you kind Mm -hmm. of do that on the fly anyway yep in your Yeah. It's yeah. really cool. It's fun. So, Mary, to just kind of bring things to a close again, thanks so much for joining. Um sure. It's been really cool talking with you. Uh, your stories are really interesting and
1: inspiring. Oh, um, thank you. Inspiring.
0: Your music <laughs> is inspiring. I just, I've oh. been loving the deep dive that I got into with your music. So, thank you for that. Thank you. Really um, appreciate it. M- maybe you could just let us know, like, what's coming down the pipe for you, what, that you could mention that... What's up for 2024 mm-hmm. for you?
1: 2024, I have a couple big tours in Europe scheduled. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going, um, February 12th or February 13th through March 30th. I'm touring Europe, um, a mm-hmm. couple days in the UK too. And then back in LA for, for months until June, doing a few more dates in Europe, then another tour starting late August until October in Europe. So this is um this is a big Europe year I would say and hopefully mm-hmm. I started doing some film scores last year mm-hmm. and I hope to get one to work on this year too maybe in the time that I'm here in LA um and settled. I got some new instruments I'm really excited to try some new synthesizers and stuff. So um I yeah, I feel like it's sh- it should be a fun like beautiful travel year but also you know getting to know LA again because i do tour a lot and i mm-hmm. i'm excited to kind of dig in in these months that i'm not away to okay. really get to back to basics with friendships and collaborations and and kind of like be open to what could happen here too
0: right and do you have any um collections that are gathering steam for a record down the road
1: I don't think so. I am just like after after this record came out in October, um, mm-hmm. I think I'm just like, I think I have to um, gather some stuff, you know, spend this year like kind of gathering myself. I have been talking to Juliana Barwick about making a duo record together. So, mm-hmm. oh, and I, you know, and also in, in May, I am so fortunate. My friend Walt McClements, who's a beautiful musician, he's he plays the accordion through effects his record came out a couple years ago it's um a hole in the fence it's an mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous record and he also played on my record the first song with meg also features him playing accordion and um Great. Great. he and i have a record coming out on thrill jockey on may 10th it hasn't been announced yet but it's all you know accordion like gorgeous drony saturated accordion with um with harp and synth and and things so that that was really fun to work on last year um so yeah
0: well you're forever pushing the ceiling higher and higher um <laughs> carry you. on miss mary um thank you so much for for the time that we've spent together i really appreciate it and yeah all pleasure. the best in your tours um thank you and all the best in in getting recentered and and kind of grounded mm-hmm. again uh, I think that's a a good thing to do at times in life
1: yeah <laughs> thank you, thanks a lot. It's lovely to talk to you Thank you.